Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. Amen. Lord, we can never thank you enough. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for watching over us during the night. Lord, we thank you for bringing us into this month of July. Thank you, Lord, for that which you are doing in this nation. Mighty God in heaven, it is you we have come to meet with today. Even as we have gathered here, Lord, we ask that you will bless us. As we spend some time in your word, we ask that your word will enrich our lives. We pray, almighty God, for the spirit of wisdom and understanding upon each one of us. We ask, Lord, today that your word will find good soil in each heart that is here. And that your word will bring forth fruit, Lord, a hundredfold in each life here, Lord. We bless you. We give you glory and honor, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today we are going to talk about a time for intercession. And I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. It says, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he had poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Everybody say along with me, and made intercession for the transgressors. The Bible tells us that Jesus made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah is perhaps the one prophet who prophesied the most about the Messiah, about his suffering and about his crucifixion. And here in this scripture we have just looked at, he says that Jesus made intercession for the transgressors. Indeed, it was Jesus who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That in itself is the best example of intercession that we have in the Bible. Because this statement was made by Jesus as he hung on the cross. People were passing by. They were mocking him. People were spitting at him. People were reviling him. He was bleeding. He had a crown of thorns upon his head. His feet had been nailed to the cross. His hands had also been nailed. His back had been seriously lacerated by Roman leather whips with metal tongues. He was in excruciating pain. And yet, in that place of pain, of shame, he found it in himself to pray for the very people that were causing him this pain. And that statement, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, is a plea that was based on ignorance. Jesus looked at the people who were 
mocking him, who were saying all sorts of things about him. Some were saying, he healed the sick. Let him come down from the cross. And he knew that he had to do something urgently for them. And so he offered up a prayer of intercession, which was based on the fact that they were ignorant. Though they were ignorant, they still caused him grief, and they were nasty, and they were wicked. But he was able to still intercede on their behalf from the love that was in him. He couldn't plead their innocence. He couldn't say, these people have done nothing wrong. He knew they were very, very guilty. So he decided to look for a platform, which is something interesting about prayer. He had to look for a platform upon which to stand that would make that prayer go up to God. And he decided that the best thing he could say on behalf of those people was to plead their ignorance. That if they really knew, they would not be involved in what they were doing. In truth, they were ignorant. But then the thing is, the credentials of Jesus was something nobody could deny. They had seen enough because Jesus himself said, if you do not believe me, then believe the works which I do. So his credentials were clear. Yet, Jesus had to find some means of praying because he, he understood very well that if he prayed, God would hear. And we all, as Christians, at the end of the day, we are meant to be like Jesus. So that today, I say it's a time for intercession. Because as you will find, intercession is not just prayer. You cannot, will not, never can intercede without there being a large chunk of love inside of your heart. You see, the mission of Jesus in itself, his whole life, was just an intercessory mission. The whole Christian faith that we have is all based on intercession. Jesus was a man of prayer. And I dare say he only prayed one prayer. You see, because we who are here today would love it very much if during the course of this service we said let us ask that for every door that we knock upon that God should open three. We are always before God with our own personal requests. But Jesus didn't have those requests. So he spent all his time praying for others. His whole life was one life of intercession. Praying on behalf of the people that he had come to seek. And the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My little children, 
These things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So that even now, as we are gathered here, Jesus sits on the right hand of God the Father and continues to do what? Continues to make intercession. He's our advocate. On Wednesday, when we looked at Psalm 45, verse 2 tells us about Jesus. It says, Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured out into thy lips. Therefore hath God blessed thee forever. And um, those of you who are not here on Wednesday, please buy the tape for last Wednesday's service. And we said that every word that came out of the lips of Jesus were words of grace. And that all you needed to do was just spend time just reading the Bible. And you'll find that his words were just filled with grace. And the Bible says, and because of that situation, God had blessed him forever. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's perhaps the best example of words of grace that we have in the Bible. Because in the midst of deep, serious pain, the very people, because the Bible tells us that all things were made by him, the very people that he made were the people who are now causing him so much pain. He still found time to pray for them. And that place of praying for others has a huge reward. And that reward, we are told in Psalm 45 verse 2, is that God had blessed him forever. So that if we enter into the place of intercession, you enter apparently into the place that God can bless you and bless you eternally. We will find out that intercession, you know, when we say intercession, people think all the time of a prayer machine, a prayer squad that just prays seriously in tongues, which is, is true up to a point. But you can pray for one hour. We can gather here and pray for one hour and not much really is achieved. You see, because the prayer that will be prayed on behalf of people, on behalf of a nation, you cannot pray, for example, about this nation. If there's nothing inside you that feels anything about this nation, you will pray because we are all praying. But that prayer will not go anywhere. You cannot pray for the sick. You see, one of the things you see about Jesus, there was always a huge amount of compassion. So that there, there is a basic requirement regarding intercession. It can only spring forth, as it were, from the place of love. It cannot. You cannot. You can be in the prayer squad and be just a machine there, and they are not doing much work, because there is nothing inside you that qualifies your prayer to go before the throne of God. Let's just look at one or two things about that prayer that Jesus offered on the cross. 
The first thing that I want us all to notice is what that it was offered in the very, very midst of his detractors. In other words, they were busy at that very point in time doing all the evil that they could do. So Jesus was there. He was seeing them. It wasn't that they spoke and he heard. You see, because many of us, all it takes to get into the place of offense is to just hear that somebody said true or false. But in this case, it's in the very, very middle of their vile wickedness where they were mocking him, where they were spitting at him, that Jesus looked at them and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That in itself can only be grace and love. It can't be anything else. And it is the God kind of love. Secondly, he offered, offered up intercession when he was in great pain, great discomfort. The Bible tells us so because this same Jesus had reached a stage where he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So he wasn't as if he was comfortable hanging on the cross, being held together by nails. Cannot be comfortable. There was plenty of pain, and I can assure you about that. There was a lot of discomfort. Yet he found it possible to ask God to forgive those people that were responsible for all his problems. And to show how powerful and how important to God intercession is, Romans chapter 8 verse 34 tells us, it says, who is he that condemneth? It says, it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So the intercession of Jesus hasn't come to an end. It wasn't intercession when he walked the earth. There's intercession going on even now on behalf of each one of us. Even as we are here, it might be good comfort for some of you to know that on a daily basis, as you go out and do things that you ought not to do, that there's somebody somewhere still praying that the Lord should have mercy, that the Lord should forgive, that the Lord should have mercy, that the Lord should look at his blood, and you still go out and you do all those things that you ought not to do. That is why the psalm is in that Psalm 45. It says, Grace is poured out into thy lips. Therefore, God has blessed thee forever. There's no better example of intercession than that statement that we have in the Bible. No better example of the fact that Jesus' words were words of grace. Now, the relevance of this to each person that is here is simply this. In the world today, 
or in heaven. There are only two ministries. At God's throne right now, there are only two ministries. There's one, the ministry of accusation, which is supported by Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. It says in Revelation 12, 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. That is the job of Satan. Second example is seen in Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Joshua the high priest. The high priest is he who stands before God on behalf of the nation of Israel. This high priest had, the Bible tells us, stained garments. And so he goes to the presence of God. And the Bible tells us that Satan appears by God's throne there and says to Joshua, you have no rights to appear here because you have done X, Y, and Z. That's a ministry that goes on daily. But then there is yet another ministry. And that ministry is the ministry of intercession. And that is the ministry of Jesus. It's a ministry of love, not hatred. It's a ministry of forgiveness, not vengeance. It's a ministry of selflessness. Hebrews 12, 24 tells us, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things unto us than that of Abel. You see, the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, speaks better things than that of Abel. So what exactly is the blood of Jesus speaking about? Well, you have to find out what the blood of Abel spoke about. And the blood of Abel only cried out for vengeance. So that we know that the blood of Jesus cries out what? For forgiveness. So that even his blood is in the business of intercession. But intercession, as I said, if you look at Jesus, it was based on love. He did not look at his circumstances. He did not look at his difficulties. He didn't consider his pain. Because had he just kept quiet, the full weight of the law of God's judgment would have come upon the children of Israel. That Israel is still around today can be attributed to the fact that Jesus opened his mouth and prayed for them. That God should forgive them for they didn't know what they were doing. But we find that in Christendom, even amongst us here, this is a major issue a major problem. There are people in church today who have made up their minds that they will never, ever forgive certain people. Now, if you are in that situation, you can pray as we will pray today, but your prayer will not go anywhere. It will be of no effect. 
You see, you cannot, you cannot pray for somebody when there's no iota of love in you. It's not possible. And that's really the reason why we are not running 10 services here today. It's because people just don't feel anything for anybody. They don't. I spoke to the workers this morning. I said, many of us have people in a place of work, in our families, that are going straight to hell. We have never, since January started, bothered to just spend some time praying for them. Nobody, nobody ever gets saved that somebody didn't pray for. That you're here and you're saved, you're born again. Somebody somewhere prayed for you. Because God only answers prayers. He does. Somebody somewhere, you might not ever know who that person is, but somebody somewhere prayed for you. How come then you can find it in you to pray for people? There are people that are around us that God has put around us. He's going to ask you about them at the end of time. You have a responsibility. And, and I say so because one has seen people that easily we have said this one, there's no, no hope. This guy will end up in hell. And somehow, for some strange reason, when people prayed for them, when people spoke to them, they became so receptive, you yourself became a bit shocked. We must begin if we want to say that we will look like Jesus. Because that, that's really what we are all about. To be like Jesus. Then we must begin to find in us that ability to, to leave certain things. Because there are very few people here. Most people who have grievances against other people. Are, those grievances are always based on somebody said that somebody said. But I said Imagine the situation of Jesus. He was in the very midst of his detractors. The whole action was going on there and then before him. And he still found time to pray and ask that God should forgive them. And he placed it on a very good, nice platform that would make it possible for God to listen. He says, because they don't understand what's going on, Lord. They don't really understand. If they did... They, they really won't do what they are doing. So on, on that basis of ignorance, which was no excuse, he says, just please, please, Lord, forgive them. So that today I'm, I'm asking us, as we are seated here today, particularly those people who know that certain people have offended them. And it, it's amazing, really, really amazing, how we have people who have serious offense. The other day, some people were talking to me about somebody who's so offended with father, mother, uncles, and aunties that it's, it's a major problem. And it's all based on they did 
A, B, C, D to me. Period. I can never forgive them. But then you are not going anywhere. You will never be like Jesus. And you've got to be like Jesus to get to heaven. You just have to. You can't be like yourself and get to heaven. That's the truth of Christianity. That's why the Bible says when a man is in, in Christ, you can't be in him and be so different from him. We've got to find in us the ability to let certain things go. We've got to find in us the ability to help others. Some two, three weeks ago when we looked at Isaiah 58, and I said what God wanted from us was that we should live practical Christian lives. We looked at it and we said, what God is actually looking for is that the world is out there and it's groaning. It's in pain. And Christians are the ones that are to go out and undo the heavy burdens and to set the captives free. And the one way of doing those things is by praying for others. Not by behaving as if they don't exist. I remember that, that Sunday after service, and I'd encourage everybody, I said, you can give arms and all that. After service, two or three people just rushed me for money. I said, if you want to try my soul today. And so I gave them the money. Since I have said we should give them. Because it's, it's God expects us to help these people. But the real help that we can offer must be offered in the place of intercession. Let me give you an example of some of the things that we can do in the place of intercession. I remember, I shared this with workers, that when I was, you know, when you are first a Christian, there is some, if, there's, if you never experienced this fire, and favor in you, then that your conversion is strange. Because when you first become a Christian, there's something that just burns inside you. And I remember that because it came back to me only recently when I started looking at all of these subjects, that from about 12 midnight, I just started praying. I'll just pray for every, we're going to do that today. And I'll just give it to you as a very good thing to do. Because you never know how much good you are doing. From nowhere, it just came to me, from 12 midnight, I started praying for every woman first in Lagos that was in labor pains and was about to have a child. And I would pray and ask that we will hear the voice, I know the prayer by heart, that we will hear the voice of mother and child. That every plan, because the enemy always is there, to take one person away, or to take both, that the Lord should send his angels into every place where children are being born at that time. Why? That's the darkest point of time of the day. It's the time when the human body wants to rest. That's the time when the enemy is fully alive and well. That everywhere in hospitals that the angels of God should enter, wherever women are being given birth to children, that those children should be born safely, that there should be no complications. 
And I'll pray that prayer for long. I didn't even know why. So it just would come. It just came naturally. But you see, when I, then I wasn't even a worker. But when I became a worker, then we became a pastor. We stopped praying those prayers. And only recently, God reminded me and said, those prayers, what happened to them? It's because what Isaiah is talking about in saying we should undo the heavy burdens, it's not so much giving people things. You cannot set somebody free who is held firmly by spiritual forces. The only way to sort that person out is in the spirit realm. But you and I know that. By the time we finish, if you do that well, if you finish praying for protection from armed robbers and thieves, one hour, if you pray it well, you pray about one hour. After that, you just sleep. And so you live a life where all you pray about is just protection. If you do it well again, you divide it into two, do protection 30 minutes, do financial breakthrough 30 minutes. You never have any time for anything else. You cannot, you cannot, even as you are praying those prayers, God, Jesus has to be telling God, forgive him, for he knows not what he is doing. It's true. You see, because the reason why we are saved is to ensure that others are set free. And they can never be set free. Never be set free if nobody prays for them. And you cannot, you see, as I speak, you can get up in the might and begin to pray for pregnant women. And the prayer might go nowhere. Because you, you just don't even have any burden for them. You don't even care. You just where they say we should pray for them, let's pray for them. No, that's not the idea. And there are other things that we can also pray for. And God is just looking. Remember that day I said, if you on your own can enter into the place where you begin to just take an issue that you know God wants sorted out. And you sort, I said, soon you'll find that God will wake you up and give you things to pray about. So today we want to put some of these things into practice. Today is going to be a day we're going to spend some time, the next 30 minutes, by God's grace, just praying. Because I want us to, to take the example of Jesus Christ. So I want us to pray certain prayers today. And the prayers we are going to pray, it's like the prayers we prayed on Wednesday. You don't pray all those prayers just in church. You go back home and continue with them. Please, and God will help us all. The first thing I want us to pray about today is we are going to forgive those who have offended us. Particularly those people who are here today who have said, I will never, never, never forgive. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew. It's good to use the Bible to do these things. So you don't say it's Pastor Esco who said. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at verse 12. I want us to read verse 12 together. Matthew chapter 6. Let us read verse 12 together. Are we all there? One, two, go. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Again. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
It's pure, simple English. If you do not forgive your debtors, your own debts will not be forgiven. If you want to be really sure about that, let's read verses 14 to 15 together. One, two, go. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So a person who says, Christian who says, I cannot forgive and really finds it difficult to forgive, is going where? Hell. There's no, there are only two roads, one to heaven, one to, to hell. The third one doesn't lead anywhere. There are only two roads. The Bible says if you cannot find the place for forgiveness, you cannot be forgiven. And if God holds you to your faults, then he can't accept you into his kingdom. So today I want us, each person, very, very briefly, if you cannot remember, ask the Holy Spirit. Oh, he'll be very glad to remind you today. But if you can, just ask, call them by name and say, I release them, Almighty God, into your love. I forgive. Please, let's just bow our heads and just release everybody that we ought to release. Because Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So let's, let's borrow that example of Jesus, even this, this morning, and just find it in us to just forgive people who have offended us. Let's pray and take it seriously. Even as we are praying, because we're going to still pray some more prayers, you might be here this morning, this morning. What you need first, before you begin to forgive other people, you need to be able to ask the Lord to forgive you and to accept you as one of his own. You need to say to Jesus, I have never made a firm commitment to you, but today I want to just say to you, I accept the sacrifice on the cross. I accept the blood that was shed on my behalf. Please, Lord, accept me as one of your own. If there's anybody here like that that needs to say that special prayer to Jesus, we need to see you. Just rise gently, quietly to your feet and stand so I can see you. You want to say to Jesus today, have mercy upon me, Lord. Forgive me my sins. I am here today. I have never made a commitment to you. But today I want to say, I accept that you died for me on the cross. Please, Lord, accept me as one of your own. If you need to pray that prayer today, just stand to your feet. Don't be ashamed, please. Don't be shy. Just stand wherever you are. I need to see you. Please, please, don't pretend. Because the Bible says that the Lord knows those who are his. He says, if you deny me before men, if you pretend to be saved when you are not, he says, I will deny you before my Father which is in heaven. So just rise boldly, confidently to your feet. If you are here today and you know sincerely deep in your heart that you have never made a commitment to Jesus, today is such a good and wonderful day to make that commitment. You might just be only one person. It doesn't matter. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Just stand. You are standing before God. This is not before men. Just before God. Just stand to your feet. I encourage you, don't hide. Just stand. And stand up before God boldly. And the Bible says if you do so, angels will rejoice in heaven. Is there somebody who wants to say to Jesus today, Jesus, I, I accept that you died for me on the cross. Oh, I accept that you died for me on the cross. And because I accept that death on the cross today, 
I stand boldly before everybody here. Is there anybody who wants to say that to Jesus? If there's anybody like that, just rise to your feet boldly, confidently. And the Lord will bless you. The rest of us, let's just find in us the ability to just ask God to help us so that we can forgive those, those people that have offended us. You can't hold things against people and enter into the place of intercession. No, no, you cannot. You cannot. You cannot pray effectively when people have offended you and the offense is ripe and strong inside you. So today is a day to say, Lord, just, I just release all those people. And if you know them by name, call them out by name. And just say, Lord, I forgive them by your grace and by your mercy. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. Is there anybody who wants to just stand up for the Lord today? Just stand for the Lord. Don't be shy. Be bold. Be courageous. And just stand for the Lord today. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we stand before your throne of grace and mercy. We stand by the precious eternal blood of Jesus. That blood that speaks better things unto us. Lord, we release all those that have offended us. We come before you and we say, Lord, we declare that we forgive them. Those of us who find it still difficult to forgive, precious spirit of the living God, come upon us even so today. Do not let us live here with unforgiveness in our hearts. But help us to release everyone so that we may begin to become like Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Secondly, we are going to spend some time today and pray for transgressors or, as the Bible says, sinners. Please sit down. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Let's read together quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Are we all there? Okay, let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Let's read together. One, two, go. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, the reason why we know people who walk in and around us, who live next to us, who just do not understand what it is to become a Christian, the Bible says there's only one reason. Their minds have been blinded by the God of this world. So that the prayer we're going to pray today it's a general prayer, but it's prayer that I recommend for each person to pray on behalf of somebody that you really know that this person needs Christ. Use this bit of scripture for that person. 
and eventually the person's eyes will open. What are we going to pray today? We are going to ask the Lord that he alone who speaks and it is done. He who said, let there be light and there was light. That he should speak light today into the lives of all whose minds have been blinded. So that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ will shine through into their hearts. So they will begin to see the reality of life. So let's lift up our voices today and just pray and say, Lord, you speak, it is done. Your word says, let there be light. And indeed, Lord, there was light. We thank you, Lord, because when you speak, it is done. We thank you, Lord, because your word says that if the gospel of Christ be hid, it is hid from those whose minds have been blinded by the God of this world. Lord, today we ask that wherever they are, oh Lord, let your word go forth today. That word that says, let there be light. Let your word go forth, almighty God, into every life of every sinner, Lord. Lord, let them begin to see even so the glorious gospel of Christ. Father in heaven, we lift them up before you today. We stand, almighty God, in the gap for them today. We stand, Lord, and ask that even as our Lord and Savior prayed for transgressors, we lift up our voices in this church today to pray for sinners, Lord. In this Lagos, we pray for sinners, Lord. In this nation, Lord, we pray for sinners today. Those whose minds have been blinded, those who cannot see, oh, the glorious gospel of Christ, because their minds have been blinded. Lord, we lift them up before you today. Oh, we come before your throne of grace, your throne of mercy. We come by the blood of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that each one of them, Lord, wherever they may be, Lord, today, that even so, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ will shine through to them. Lord, even in our midst here this morning, perchance, Lord, there are some whose minds are still blinded by the devil. Lord, let your light shine forth into their hearts. Let the light of the gospel of Christ shine forth into their hearts. Oh, Nebo shekereba sakatanda. Riolo sotonde. Masakia dayandale. Batayeke sekina zakatala zendere mataitala. Oh, we pray, Almighty God, today that your word, let there be light, will go forth. Lord, and it will set the people free. Basakite rebaratanaya. Mando zoko reba sheke barakatanayada. Maele zeke telibo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, even as we have lifted up our voices to pray on behalf of those who are lost, to pray on behalf of those whose minds have been blinded, I pray, Lord, that your precious Holy Spirit 
will come upon each one of us that we will be brought almighty god to the place where we will remember our friends and neighbors continually lord and lift them up before your throne of grace and mercy until they come into the kingdom lord blessed be your holy name lord in jesus mighty name we pray zechariah chapter 1 i want us to read verses 19 to 21 together then i'll tell you what is happening Zechariah chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. Let us read together. One, okay. Zechariah is uh, very near Matthew. So go to Matthew and begin to flip back. Are we all there? 19 to 21. One, two, go. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? And he answered me, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. And then said I, What come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But these are come to frighten, frighten them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Now, in this country, in Wari and the Delta regions, there are horns there that have come to scatter that region. The Bible tells us in what we've just read that God produced four carpenters. The four carpenters are four intercessors. The people who would enter into the place of prayer to ensure that the havoc that is being done by the enemy is put aside. You see, because we, you, you, can't, you can't really pray. And this is true. We are going to try and pray. We are going to ask God to help us to pray for, for worry and the Delta region. But you know, if it doesn't concern you, you don't feel anything about it. Just read a bit about it in the papers. But then if nothing is done, it will begin to touch everybody. Because that is the way the enemy works. If you can scatter enough there that problem will begin to touch everybody so in one breath we say god is doing a mighty work yes he is from abuja but satan is doing a small mighty work in a little corner in worry and in the delta region so what we are going to do is we're just all going to lift up our voices today and just ask the lord that every single bit of confusion, all the spirits of war, of hatred that are in that place, that God should pour a blanket of peace over that region. Let's lift up our voices and just call out to the Lord today. Lord, we stand before your throne of grace, your throne of mercy. We bring Almighty God, the Delta region of this nation, into your hands. We bring worry, Almighty God, before you today. Your name, Almighty God, is Shalom. You are the God of all peace. The peace that no man can understand. The peace which passes all human understanding. Lord, like a blanket, let it cover that region, Almighty God. Every demon on assignment, every agent of darkness, every agent of strife, of death, of pain, 
of anguish. Father, in the name of Jesus, we hold them captive today. We say they shall not have sway in that region anymore. Oh, we say they shall not have sway, Lord. that have lifted up their heads to scatter the delta region to scatter almighty god worry father in heaven we come against them in the name of jesus Amen. your name is shalom almighty god you are he who has peace that no man can understand peace that no one can fathom father let that peace be poured like a blanket now over that entire region lord let the people there not even know what has come upon them every agent of darkness strife, war, death. Father in heaven, we come against them by the blood of Jesus. The blood that has overcome Satan and the world, let it overcome, O oh Lord, every demon on assignment in that place. Father, let your peace begin to reign, Lord, in the hearts of the men and the women. Let them wake up in the morning and not understand the peace that has overcome them. Glory and honor be unto thee, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Now in, in, in this, there might be a few people here. Those people who have what I call right standing. If you really have, particularly anybody who knows people and lives in that place. If you spend time daily at night just praying for that place, that problem will be buried. And then those of us who just have that God kind of love in us and can take time off and just pray. Keep praying. Don't stop until the problem disappears. You'll be surprised at how fast the problem will go. Next, let's just pray Psalm 33, verses 10 and 12 for Nigeria. You can put all of these down and use them because I said we are in the time for intercession. Everybody must find time to spend before God and pray for other things apart from our needs. 
Psalm 33, 10 and 12. 10 to 12, rather. Let's read together. I want to go. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, and the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. So let's just tell the Lord that that which he has purposed for this nation, that let it come to pass. Let's tell him that we are the people that he has chosen. Therefore, he should bless our nation. Let's ask him that the work that he has started, that he should complete it. Let's lift up our voices and just pray for this nation. Father, we come before thee. We bring this nation before the Almighty God. We say, Lord, that which you have proposed, even before the foundation of this earth, concerning this nation, Nigeria, Lord, we ask that it shall come to pass. Lord, we ask that the work you are doing in this nation, Lord, that you will complete it. Because you never start a work, Almighty God, that you cannot finish. That which you have purposed for this nation, Lord, let it alone come to pass. Lord, when you start a work, you complete it, Lord. You never start a work you cannot complete. Lord, that which has started in Nigeria, oh, complete in the name of Jesus. That mighty hand that has been stretched forth over this nation, Lord, let that your hand remain, oh Lord, firmly in control of the affairs of this nation. Mando soto rebo seke bakata na yadi. Sobo skeliele. Shanda egolo sonde ke bayata. Manayele, manayele. Oh, reko soko lobo shatandaya. Shehilelebo sakatandaya de. Brasoto rema seke teribo skaliba santanaya. Mando soko reba sheke riba katanaya. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So shall it be. Amen. Let's pray for the head of state and his team. Let's use Psalm 27 verse 5 which says, In the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Let's ask him even so today that he shall hide the head of state and his team in his pavilion. That you hide them spirit, soul, and body in the secret of his tabernacle. That the agents of darkness, the agents of the enemy will not see them. They will find them, but they won't see them because they'll be hidden in the pavilion of God, in the very secret of the tabernacle of God. Let's lift up our voices and just pray. Samiha Sokoba Sakatanayade. Baido Zokoba Skalibe Sheke Basatanayada. Mado Yele Lelio Kosoko Rabashete Nebayata. Mando Zotoreba. Bayaga Zakotorima Seke Bakatanayade. Manda Zakiele Oh Reke Basakita Yarabashe Mando Zoko Reba Sakita Nayadale Lord we bring before you today Oh Lord we bring before you today the head of state Almighty God 
You are he who made him. General Olusegu Obasanjo. Lord, we say in the name of Jesus, himself, his team, his family, hide in your pavilion, Lord, in the secret of your tabernacle, hide him. Hide him, O oh Lord, from the enemy. Hide him, O oh Lord, oh, from agents of darkness. Mando Zokoto Libaska etaladare. Oh, Rekibelema. Zokoto Libasanta yadare. Mando Zokoto Libasakitelimatara. Shabakazakitelibarata. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. It is your word we bring back to you, Lord. For your word says that in the time of trouble, you will hide us in your pavilion. In the very secret of your tabernacle, you will hide each one of us. Lord, we ask today, not for ourselves, but we ask, Lord, that you will hide the head of state of this nation in your pavilion. Himself, his family, and his team. Hide them in the very secret of a tabernacle, Lord. Because you are the God of all flesh. Lord, hide them. Hide them from the enemy. Hide them from agents of darkness. Lord, hide them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Now we'll pray for the church. Matthew 16, 18 says, God says himself that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. He says in Zechariah chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, he says, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. For the multitude of men and cattle therein, for I said the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. We are going to ask the Lord that he will build this church, the city of David. And that the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. That this church will be inhabited as towns without walls. Due to the multitude of men and possessions that will be therein. That God himself will be a wall of fire around about this church. And will be the glory in the midst of this church. Let us lift up our voices and just call unto the Lord. Lord, your word says you will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Build this church, Lord, the city of David. Oh Lord, let the gates of hell not prevail against this church. Hallelujah. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up your church before you. Lord, you called us the city of David, even before the very foundation of the earth. And Lord, you have said you will build this church. Even so, build your church, Lord. Let the gates of hell not prevail against us. Lord, we pray today that this church will be inhabited as towns without walls. Due to the multitude of men and possession that will be in this church. We ask, Lord, that you will be a wall of fire around this church. And you alone will be the glory in the midst of this church. In Jesus' mighty name. Lastly, the Bible said Jesus made intercession for transgressors. He prayed for sinners. Therefore, let's follow his example and let us pray for ourselves. For we indeed are sinners. So let each person lift up their voice and just use that example. As Jesus prayed for you, so you too pray for yourself now before we leave. Just lift up your voice and pray for yourself. Bazoko mahaka zekete libo. Bazakie mahala kazakatona shente debo salikatanaya. Lord God Almighty, kazakite nebo skalahantanayade. Lord, I just pray, Almighty God, that in your mercy, Lord, kasie doba shantanayada, that you'll anoint me, Almighty God, with your Holy Spirit and with your power, so that I might go about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. Because, Lord, you will be with me. Bless me, Almighty God, today. Oh, Lord, I ask that you will bless me. Even so, pour upon me the gifts of the Spirit, Almighty God. The gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gifts of healing, the gift, oh God, of the working of miracles. Put upon me, Lord. Maido zokole, she kalazanta labai, zibaka zokola sekete nebarata, maisa koko she nazakata nayade. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, and so shall it be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's just put our hands in our pockets and bring out our offering and dance before the Lord as we give our offering.